what we've got here is failure to communicate. Hey, I'm Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum McGregor. So, week off, and we are back. UFC Fight Night Font versus Aldo. Um, definitely an interesting uh, card, an interesting main event. Uh, a lot of people have some hot takes on the, the main event already, and I think that you and I potentially figured out the best way to play this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will dig into the prelims first, as we always do. Let's dig into the first part of the card. Very interested to see what your take would be on this one. We got uh, Luis so- Smokes, Vince Morales. Um, with this fight, I mean, the thing that makes this almost a stay away right away is, is Smoka's inconsistency. He'll either burn you or, or build you, and uh, you just don't know what you're going to get. And yes, he is on a little bit of a um, win-loss, win-loss, win-loss pattern right now, which doesn't, uh, you never want to bet into a pattern. You want to just stay away from it. And uh, definitely an interesting, it's an interesting matchup. I mean, we, we have a situation where, Morales has a, a potential to get submitted. We know that. That's a potential sub there. Um, let's just break down some of the stats right now. So we have uh, Smoka, who's 17 and 7. This is the one of the distinct differences. He's got a little bit more, um, little bit more uh, time in the ring there. Or no, actually, you know what? Even average time, because Luis Smoka gets people out of there a little bit sooner. So he's got 948 in the, in the cage. And we got Vince Morales, who has 1243 in the cage. But uh, we have a 10 and 5 record uh, on Morales' side and 17 and 7 on Smoka's side. Um, as far as reach, Morales has a two inch reach advantage. Uh, both fighters are orthodox. And for you, how do you really see this one going? For me, I don't even need to break this down as much as I, I think Smoka should take over and win this fight. Um, but it's a stay away from me. And that's just where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, like I kind of feel the same as you do on this one with uh, Luis Smoke. You're kind of banking on the fact that he shows up. He's one of these fighters where, as you pointed out, like he's fairly inconsistent in which version of him shows up. Um, he's one of these fighters where he's not great at anything, but he's good at certain things. Like his jujitsu is great, but he's not really good off his back. Tends to struggle, um, but he's super good on the top. Uh, he's got good striking and stuff like that, but he also seems to back away when he gets hit. Um, for me, like the key to victory for Morales in this one would be just to be a pressure fighter. Because I said Luis Smoka tends to back up if he starts getting hit. But I'm with you on this one. I think um, you've seen in a lot of Morales' fights that if he can't get it going right away, then he tends to run himself into trouble. He looked fairly good in his last outing against uh, Draco Rodriguez. But overall, he hasn't had much success in the UFC. Um, he had that loss in the contender series to Domingo Plarte, which we have all seen as not a very good fighter. So I think you, this should be smoking. Enough time. of a numbers here to maybe look at a fight doesn't go. Yeah, like a, I don't know what odds we have. Like the striking is almost virtually similar. Like they're pretty even keeled with their landed strikes and 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 absorbed strikes. And really it's gonna come down to I think if if grappling plays a role and smoke takes him to the ground, we could see the end. I mean but and anything smoker seems to be involved in the ends, right? So like, it's still a stay away. Yeah, like it's definitely like um, if you're gonna bet this, um, it would, for me it'd be like bet the over one point five. But as for a straight pick, you have to kind of go with Smoker. He has the UFC experience. He's beaten the tougher uh, competition, and he has more paths to victory. It's once again though, you're betting on a guy that doesn't always want to show up for your money. And as we always point out, those are the fights you should definitely stay away from. All right, so gun to your dick. Um, we're going to go with Louis Smoka. I got it. Um, but we're not betting him. In no, the over- no. There's no parlays. There's we're no- just going to enjoy this first fight. I might even be watching Bellator at this point. All right, let's move on to the next fight on the card. We have, okay, and my stats just pulled away from me here. We got Alex Morona versus Mickey Gall. Oh, yes. Now, Mickey Gall, um, someone who made me look really good the last time he fought because in his pre-fight speech, like his pre-fight interviews, how he even talked about he was going to go in and finish that fight, 
he just seemed like he just had an edge to him. And he did show leaps and bounds gains in that last fight. And I was really excited about that. My only problem I have with going with Mickey Gall in this fight is I fade Alex Morano all the time and it burns me in the ass. Because for some reason, unremarkably, he just beats his opponents. And, you know, the, the guy's got the striking. He, he does have some the, the grappling as well, too. I mean, I know that the odds are a little stacked right now. What are they right now? They're minus 220. Uh, so for sorry, one sec. Um, Alex Morona sitting right now at minus 225. So plus 187 for the return on Mickey Gall. Yeah, I mean, what Gall did last time and his gains from where he was this fight before, that sort of makes me feel a little queasy about this one. But I'm still going to stick with Alex Morano on this. I mean, you, you look at a card and you're trying to see some of the definitive winners, and I think that Alex Morano is going to um, keep this on the feet and just pick Mickey Gall apart and likely, you know, coast to a decision. And Mickey Gall is going to be pretty beaten up, if not even maybe put him away in the third round. Um, that would be my take on it. I mean. As far as reach, Mickey Gall does have the reach. I just don't know if he's going to be able to enjoy it. And if we look at strikes landed, Morano lands 5.14 and absorbs 3.89. I love it. And, and you know, Mickey Gall's, you know, the rever reverse side of it, he's, you know, landing 2.6 and absorbing 3.68. So I'm going to go with Morano in this one all day long. Yeah, like I have to agree on this. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of looking at a uh... – at Mickey Gall there in his last fight against Jordan Williams. But, like, Jordan Williams is god-awful tin. Like, we've seen it time and time again. And the people that Alex Morano seemed to struggle with, in my opinion, are really specialists. You know, he had that fight against Chaos Williams. Like, Chaos Williams is a specialist whenever it comes to striking. That is where he lies, you know. He struggles against guys that are really good grapplers who can hold him down. But, like, I just don't see where, um, where he's able to actually win this fight. Like, striking... You have uh, Alex Morano, who has a black belt in Taekwondo, I believe. Um, and he's got a double black belt in Jiu-Jitsu. So a lot of people think, oh, Mickey Gao gets him to the ground. He'll get he'll be able to submit him. But Mickey Gao got tossed around by Mike Perry, who is far from a good wrestler. Yeah. So whenever I was bringing him this fight and I was looking at tape, you know, at first I was impressed with the Jordan Williams fight. You know, he landed a good left cross, if I believe. Like, his boxing looked crisp. But... I can't base it off one fighter that he or one fight that he won against a well, fighter that's not a good fighter. Yeah, I mean Williams doesn't know how to keep his head off the center line. So that's it. So it's not hard to land a strike like that. So I'm with Ron all day. To me, he's a good parlay piece. Um, whichever way you want to spin it. And to correct myself, he's a black belt in Taekwondo, not karate. There we go. So but all right, so all day on this one. We'll go Morano all day and we'll even add him to our don't tap um or don't tap uh, parlay. So next fight on the card we have Merzik yeah. Khanov <laughs> versus so, Jared so, so here's the thing. We have a last minute replacement who has size and should win the fight now, but he's a last minute replacement mm -hmm. against a guy who you're scared of potentially gassing or just he's just he was he's, he's sort of sketchy at times. But I, I had him all day against Linz because I mean I I would be Linz well no I wouldn't be Linz but. I mean, my grandmother would. So for me, I just want to stay away from it. The last minute replacement is already a sketchy guy anyways. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not about it at all. I'm not even touching it. Like, you think, what are your thoughts? Well, what scares me away from this, and I'm going to double check this as we talk. The size difference is just, like, remarkable. The size difference is big. Um, but the thing with Jared Venera, Bender, is that, He's not a good wrestler. So once again, like this part of me that still thinks there's an angle to bet on this. But for me, it's the line. That's what scares this away from me. I still think Asmat wins this fight. Um, primarily because I said I don't think Jared's a very good fighter. His boxing has looked better. He has looked improved. But I don't look at heavyweight the same way I look at other divisions. Like, you know, for example, we saw Hallway go up and fight Poirier. And just the size difference in Poirier and the way Max Hallway handled that made a difference. I think a guy going from light heavyweight to go fight a fat heavyweight that doesn't want to cut weight. Like to me, I don't really put in the same parallel, especially in the sense where if Asmat was able to get Jared to the ground, I think he would be able to have his way with him just because I feel like that weight at that point becomes a disadvantage because it's that much more weight. You got to push up and get yourself going. Um, I think Jared in this fight 
if he's smart, I think, you know, he's going to try and push Azmat against the cage and try and wear him down a little bit. Because if you watch tape on Azmat, his boxing is crisp as hell too. And once again, Jared's isn't. So in all worlds, Azmat should still win this fight. But as you said, there's a size, dis- uh, big size discrepancy. And at minus 225, like you can't bet on the fact that that's not going to be an issue. So I'm with you on this one to stay you away. But if the line were to move, would you? Is that something you might jump on? If this line hit minus one eighty five or lower, I might jump on it. Because then, but at two twenty five, it's it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's one of these fights where you know we got whatever, like fourteen fights on this card. There's tons of action to be had. I see a very large variable in the middle of this one, and it's to me at that point it makes it not worth it. But I still think Asmat rolls in this spot. All right. Um, next fight on the card, we have Chris Grutzmacher against. Claudio Puelas, what is the hot take on this one? Because, I, I mean, there's a couple of fights on this card that are just sort of car wrecks. In all likelihood, we have a we have a gasser versus a gamer. We have a grappler versus, you know, a guy who's going to slang. For me, I'm, I was on the Claudio side of things. But once again, um, I'm only picking spots if they make sense. Um, and I just don't know. I mean... Maybe Claudio on this. I'm feeling that the grappling might be the advantage in this one, but it's just, it's too sketchy. When you have the gas tank as an issue, uh, then I'm leaning Chris, but then I just don't fully trust him. And I just, you know, I'm back and forth. I've gone back and forth on this and I watched tape and it didn't tell me anything different. Yeah, this is kind of a tough one, but um, I don't actually mind Claudio in this spot. Um, as a dog too, you know, there's not a lot of plus money spots I see on this card that I'm a big fan of. This one I don't mind though. Uh, Claudio's young, he's got good wrestling. He's got good striking. Um, he seems to be taking it more seriously. He moved to Sanford MMA. He's been training out of there now. And, you know, we always talk to him highly about Sanford MMA. So he's making the right moves, you know. Um, the only thing I've noticed from watching tape on him is that although he does have all these skills to back it up, he kind of demonstrates to, or he kind of struggles to demonstrating putting everything together. So hopefully with his move there, he'll be able to become more of the uh, complete package that he should be. With Chris, he's got good boxing, good forward pressure. He's got a good chin. Um, but he also gets finished a fair bit on the ground. So, as uh, as you said, man, this is kind of a dicey one. But I like the dog in this spot. I think we'll see good impl- uh, improvements out of Claudio. Um, he looked good against Rafa Garcia in his last outing. So, for me, it's a dog or pass on this situation. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, uh, I think a couple – events ago it's it's we got to dig into like the specific hot spots and uh with some of these it's like it's, they're they're sketchy like it's actually it's going to be a good card i think we're actually going to have some solid fights but it just there's some real sketchy ones on this one right, where yeah. i think it's really easy to get burnt um so which leads me actually into where i i could potentially get burnt but i'm i was initially going you know just fight that doesn't go the distance that will be one play on this one but i actually i'm going to take a side on this this next one um, we have Alonzo Menafield against William Knight. We have someone who likely, after the first round, I will feel more comfortable with going with my pick. Because um, once William Knight sort of gets a little bit of his flurry and his attempts at grappling and striking and banging and, and do what he does to try to overpower and impose his will, if he doesn't get through to the Menafield, and I don't think he will in the, within the first round, Menafield just could even potentially coast to a victory. Um, uh, or sorry, a decision victory, um, if not put him out in the second or third. So for me, I'm, I'm pretty heavy on Menafield in this one. I think it's more of a, you have a guy with heavy hands. It's the shot uh, in in nights against Menafield, who's showing leaps and bounds. He's getting better. I know the gas tank was a little bit of a thing that we were looking at. Um, if we look at the numbers on this, the reach is also a little bit of an advantage for Menafield as well, too, and he knows how to use it and display that a little bit in his last fight. So he's got three-inch reach advantage. Um, if we look at the actual strikes, he's throwing, he's landing 4.13 strikes landed per minute, and he's absorbing 3.36. Um, a lot of those numbers are now attributed to his last fight. And then if we look at his opponent, his opponent's landing 3.55 and absorbing 2.65. So yes, they're both pretty decent with regards to being sound with the striking. Um, Knight does have the power. So does Metafield. Uh, I just feel Metafield is going to outclass him and find a spot somewhere. I, I don't quite know where. It could be the first round. It could be the third round. 
He may even actually have class him all the way to the decision, but I, I'm going to go with Medifield straight up on this one. I, I don't know if I'm going to parlay that situation. I'm still unsure as to how and what I want to do with it, but I'm picking it as my pick anyways. And then it might still just be the bet spike fight doesn't go the distance. But uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, honestly, I, I agree 100%. Like, with Alonzo Medifield, um, he is making improvements in his game. You can tell that he doesn't want to be this one-rounder bust type of fighter. You saw in the Ed Herman fight, he came around and was looking better. He has had a questionable, not questionable chin, but he did get checked by Open State Peru. He has that loss to Devin Clark. But um, overall, yeah, I think Alonzo Medifield should ride in this. It's one of these things, as you said, right? If it makes it out of the first round, William Knight's probably going to get tired. His power is going to become a little bit less effective. He doesn't seem to be one of these fighters that carries that throughout all three rounds. So I think Alonzo Manifield rides in this spot. Knight looks really good coming into this because of his last victory where he, he destroys Sharon. But Sharon's like, he's a, I don't even know what he is. He's a stepping stone. Like he's, yeah, but Alonzo Manifield choked out Fabio Sharon with a fight. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, like, the guy isn't. <laughs> He's not a UC caliber fighter. Not even close. Not even close. He, it's easy to go to fade that man every time he steps in the cage. Money and money, right? So then what, what do you think? Just straight up? Or would you even consider parlay? Yeah, I think Walton Medifield is a good parlay piece. Because once again, like you're really only banking on the first round. And as long as he gets out of the first round, he should be able to control the fight. William Knight isn't a crazy volume striker. He throws really wild hooks. The guy's got a stupid amount of muscle on him. We all know it. Like, as soon as that muscle starts getting tired, his arms get heavy, it's, you know, things slow down pretty quick whenever you carry around that amount of mass. So, I think you're banking on this fight going longer than three minutes, and then you should ride. Yeah, you know what? That's not even a bad play either. I feel like the over one and a half will work because I think Knight might try to close the distance, but I think that Menafield's going to be able to, you know, gauge his distance, utilize his his striking and, and be able to implement his game plan and ease night into a loss. Um, okay. Next we will move on to, um, I'm not even sure how to pronounce her last name, her new last name, her old new let, whatever it is. Um, I think we have confirmation that Cheyenne buys or base is no longer base or buys. And I don't have to worry about that. Bye. So See, this is where we need a fact check thing. Cause I said in one of the first podcasts we did that if JP Pies got his ass kicked again, she would leave him. I remember you said talking that. about her again. There's going to be problems at home if she if he doesn't win. Yeah, but he was set up for failure in that fight anyways. He wasn't yeah. <laughs> It was a terrible matchup for him. Okay, next fight on the card we have, as we said, Cheyenne Lismas against, I think that's how you said, against Mallory Martin. There is likely going to be a lot in, in why the odds are the way they are. It's a, it's a little bit of, um, you know, a recency bias with the, the head kick. Um you know, that's, that's all it is. I mean, she's good. Don't get me wrong. And she may come in and, and, and run through Mallory, but Mallory's no joke herself. For me, this fight is too sketchy. I likely will do what I do with um, women's MMA in this spot. It's just because it is what it is. It's high percentage. And that's what we want to play high percentage over one and a half. If you can get a hold of it. And on some books, you will, you will be able to um, right, right around fight time. Um, but that's the play. I, I just, I could pick a side, but I don't care to. Yeah, yeah, and that's a fair point. Um, like for me, I said like I'm pretty high on Cheyenne. Um, she had that first fight that didn't really go her way, but then she came back and she looked really good in her last fight. Um, it's kind of yeah, it, it's a tough fight to kind of pick though, in the sense of things like if you look at Mallory Martin, she's fought Pollyanna Vienna, very good fighter. She lost to Barry Ann or Rob Schneider, however you want to say it. You know, and then she has a win in the middle of that over Hannah Clippers by Rio Nega Choke. Seems to be that she's either winning fights by getting finished or finish or finishing fights. So it's a tough one, man. It's a tough one. I think Cheyenne rides on. Um, I think Mallory will probably shoot a little bit more for the takedown, but I think Cheyenne will have good enough takedown defense. Her striking, I really think, is going to be the difference in, in this fight. And I think she'll probably be able to keep her at bay. I do agree with what you said, though, where the line is kind of wide just based on the recency bias of it. I don't necessarily know if we see a finish in this fight. And yeah, the over 1.5 is probably the safest way you could attack this one. Yeah. Next fight on the card, we have Jake Matthews against Jeremiah Wells. Um, Jeremiah definitely could be the person who could wreck a parlay. If you want to try to throw Jake Matthews in, cause you know, his name. Um, 
there's power there. There's even like his landed strikes. What was it? He's even defensively sound. 3.82 um, strikes landed against 2.73 as is, is uh, Jeremiah Wells against uh, Matthews, who's 3.03 strikes landed um, and 2.16 absorbed. If we actually look at what the difference is going to be, we know it's going to be the grappling. It's going to be the takedowns. Uh, 1.93 takedown average for Jake Matthews in a fight. Takedown defense, though, for Wells, I mean, the smallest one fight is 100%. So, you know, we don't really have the answer there. Matthews should be able to grapple and ride him. Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, this is a dog or pass situation for me, for sure. One thing to note about Jeremiah Wells is that he does train with Sean Brady who led a pretty clear path to victory for, um, uh, I guess, Jake Matthews. So he will be able to at least train him in the regard of what he did. Jeremiah Wells also has decent wrestling too. So I don't really know who has the wrestling advantage. We have a lot more to cover whenever it comes to Jake Matthews, right? He's been in the UFC for a while. We've seen his fights. Other than the Wally Alvarez, uh, sorry, Wally Alvarez fight, where he uh, beat well, Alvarez by ground and pound, we don't really have much uh, tape size, at least for the UFC experience on him. He tends to have a fair bit of KOs on the regional scene, fighting in CFFC, some submissions as well. So I, I wouldn't, yeah, I would not parlay Jake Matthews in this fight. I actually think Jeremiah Wells wins this fight. I just think the line's kind of affected based on the fact that we actually know who Jake Matthews is. It's definitely a giant step up in competition for Wells, but if you look at his past experience, you know, he hasn't really been fighting bums or anything like that. Most of the people he's fought in the regional scene have winning records, which is something I personally always look for, where if a guy 100%. comes in with a good record, but he's fighting guys that are one and four, I'm like, eh, you know, it doesn't really add much value to it. But I think, uh, yeah, I think Wells wins this This is fight, your first but... dog of the day. Yes. Yes, it is. All right, so this is going to be your first dog pick for the event. Um, I know you were sort of, you know, you were on Claudio and we didn't really dig into one, but if you were to want to throw your money into a dog, first dog you throw money into? Yeah, Wells is definitely a bigger dog, that I, or a more confident dog, sorry, I should say, than okay. I am with Claudio. So right now he's the dog until Aldo takes his spot. All right, perfect. <laughs> um, next fight on the card we have, Manel Cape against Zalgis <laughs> Zimagulov. Um, you know, in all rights, Manel should win this fight. We could fade him a little bit because he, he he has, you know, he doesn't mentally show up in fights sometimes. And this guy, he doesn't play up to his talent. He doesn't play up to his level all the time. And he's, you know, sort of like the Edmonton Oilers or the Toronto Maple Leafs of, mm -hmm. of MMA. He's one of those guys. So, and why I say that, I mean, when he first came in, he loses two fights. I mean, Pantoja's no joke. Nicolau, I think he, he, he could have beat him. And he didn't, um, you know, against Osborne, obviously he comes out. What was it? it was flying knee, wasn't it? Didn't he yeah. land a flying knee? Yeah. I mean, against Odie Osborne, Odie Osborne's a little bit reckless, to be honest, although he's a, a weapon. He, he leaves his head all over the center line, too. A little sloppy with it. Um, I mean, I'm going to have to go Manel Cap in this. I, I, I want to fade him, but I think I can't at this. Like, he, he is proven he's a champ. Um, so I think I'm going to go with him. Uh, Manel Cape, sorry. I think I'm going to go with him. Uh, in this fight, 16 and 6 versus 14 and 5 in Zalgis. Um, any numbers that are relevant, I mean, striking Cape tends to get hit a little bit more, at least he has in the UFC, but these are, you know, some bad fights that he had. I think that he's above that. You know, can he avoid get taken down? That's going to be a question. Um, he's probably going to be landing some shots if he tries to shoot, but I mean, how do you think this plays out? Um, I think and Cape takes this fight. Yeah, I'm Cape all day on this. I was high on Cape and Rise, and, and then he came in, he lost the fight to Pantoja. He didn't really look like he didn't rise in. And then he lost the fight after that to Nicolau, where I thought the fight was pretty close. I personally thought he won that fight. Might be a little bit of bias to mind in that one. Um, he definitely won the third round in that fight, in my opinion, arguably won second. But it's a, it's a little hard to bet on Cape because he doesn't always show up the way he should. That being said, this is kind of a big jump down in competition um if you look at Zalagas fights his only real win in the UFC against Jerome Rivera who has fought at three different weight classes and hasn't won a single fight so he didn't really come in and beat anybody worth mentioning um 
He's a super takedown oriented fight uh, fighter. Likes to throw a couple punches and shoot. Pantoja had trouble taking uh, cap down, and I think Pantoja has a great uh, has a much uh, better wrestling background. So I think Cape rides all day on this. I think you're just going to see Zalagas just try and shoot, shoot, shoot. And then he's going to get clipped or something. The second Cape starts defending takedowns, he's going to get more confident and more confident. And he's a dynamic enough striker where he's going to be able to figure something out in the spot. Okay, so as far as a pick, we, we pick him. I don't know if I can parlay him. and I don't know what the right. value would be there to pick him in any other way straight up. So I think, I don't know if there's really a play on it, just rather other than to maybe look at a live bet and enjoy it. All right, next one in the card. Um, I'm just going to call this one the do I go over one and a half or do I go fight doesn't go? I'm not quite sure. Uh, we got Matt Capitolo against Dusko Todorovic. The coconut bombs against Thunder. Brutal. Um, what a brutal tale of everything this is going to be. Um, Matt Capitolo, sorry, I'm, I'm Mr. Glass is not even having, doesn't have anything in it at all in this one. Um, Matt Capitolo, 13-8 and 0. Uh, Dusko Todorovic 10 and 2 and 0. I'm just not excited by this fight, but um, you know, we got two 185ers that are gonna go in and we'll see how it how it lands and 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 where this the takedowns obviously um for Patolo are gonna be a little bit of an issue, but I don't even know how the when they clash, how the how their styles are gonna clash together. Like when you were looking at tape, what did you see in the, in their styles and did you even get anything out of it? Yeah, it's a fight that I do not care about at all. To be honest, like I was trying to watch I mean, the game on both these guys. Here's why. You're looking at, like, we got loss, 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 win, loss. And then his opponent, loss, loss, win, win. I just, is this, like, what is this? I don't even know what we're looking at right now. It's a loser so, leaves town type of fight for sure. What's, what's the odds on over one and a half? Just, just to be fun. Uh, I don't know if we have any. I can two seconds here. This this is the, these are the, the those sneaky plays. Yeah, well, that's what you need, and and these ones for sure, because betting on a winner this one is fucking suicidal. Sometimes they and the books are a lot better nowadays, but sometimes they they leave something on the table for you, just a little bit, but not as much anymore. Um, so I'm just double checking on best fight odds because I don't. Man, Mike Perry missed the boat on that one. I almost pulled the trigger on that one multiple times because I was like, you know what? That man's going to be able to stand in there and bang. And what did I, you know, the triangle and all that fun? Missed the boat. Yeah, we don't have odds on it yet. Okay. I but mean, yeah, that's... that'd be over 1.5 for sure. It's just both these fighters, man, like they're not good at a lot. Um, like I like to think that Dusko is going to have the slightly better volume in this fight and be able to win it. But it, I can't really pick a clear winner in this one because I said they're both not – they haven't looked good as of late. Um, I said, Dusko, like, I feel like he should be able to win this fight. But once again, he's one of these fighters that really doesn't show up at all. So he's 10-2. and two. Like, he only has two losses. This fight, so this fight is a big bag of dicks. Yeah, this fight isn't great at all. We're um, not going to make that a thing on the podcast because I don't know if that will fly. But I, I'd like to. That would be good you know, the fight that is a big bag of dicks, but I don't think it'll fly. Not, I think it 10 years ago, that probably would have rode real nice, but uh, not, not now. Not even South Park is South Park anymore, so. Okay, we will move on to the next fight on the card and get away from this dumpster fire. That's it. Um, and we will jump into something that's not a dumpster fire, but something that, I mean... There could be a recency bias, but then it's masked in the fact that you do have a guy who's a legit pro that's been around for a long time with power in his hands. Or is it recency bias? Do I go with Chris Curtis and take the dog? No, you don't. Um, you don't. Um, you, you maybe bet the KO. But if you're going to go Curtis, I don't see him winning by a decision. Um, I don't. I mean, who knows? Judges, it could go. Who knows? You know, that, that could happen. It could be some squeaky thing, but I just see him. If he wins, it's going to be by, by knockout. It's what he does. Um, usually he drags you into deep waters. I think that's what our pick was last time. You, you had picked dog, you know, third round. Um, Chris Curtis to, you know, drag him into deep waters, get him gassy and knock him out. And it was first round. Um, did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I knew mm-hmm. that. I thought it was going to be a third round KO for sure. But I still bet the KO, so. That's pretty high. He's got power course. in his hands. He can take a shot. He does actually have a, a, a takedown defense at this point in this game. Um, 
if he keeps it on the feet, man, or or like if, if Brendan Allen wants to keep it on the feet, it, it, it's just interesting, right? I know that Brendan Allen's good on the feet. I know that he he should be leaps and bound to be able to beat Curtis in this one. Um, I'm still I'm going with Allen in this one. In fact, uh, you know he's even parlay material in my opinion. Curtis could burn the hell out of me, but uh, he's at least he's at least on deck for parlay material. Um, if we if we had to dig for something, but uh, yeah, Curtis could also be the apple pie shitter. I, I need to stop using Cody's stuff because um, he'll burn our podcast to the ground. Um, so what are your thoughts on this one? We got Brendan Allen against Chris Curtis. Yeah, like obviously I'm high on Brendan Allen, man. The guys look like a stud as of late. Um, mm. So it's hard for me to pick against him in the spot, but I feel like the line's going to get so wide and it already is, like Brendan Allen being at a minus 350. That the only action I'll have on this fight is going to bet the Chris uh, bet the Chris Curtis KO. It just makes sense to me. Because Chris yeah. Curtis, he does carry that power, but he also does have a lot of decision wins in all fairness. So, and Brendan Allen's chin is definitely not Phil Hawes. Like, excuse me, whenever we were betting that Phil Hawes fight, like we knew that Hawes would get a chin check. Brendan Allen hasn't really shown those type of durability issues. So I feel like Brendan Allen rides in this fight and that will be my official pick because I don't want to be one of these guys that goes on record that says that Chris Curtis is going to outclass him. Um, I do think that Brendan Yeah, Allen- I think the grappling is a difference in that, eh? I like I- if you're looking at the numbers, it's really what it comes down to. If it goes, that's why I'm not looking at Curtis as a decision in this in this spot because it's the grappling will be the difference. I would say that's it. And like you know, if you look at Brendan Allen, he does have that loss by punches to Sean Strickland. So like there is the world where he gets clipped, but I feel like the line's already wide enough as it is that Brendan Allen would be a stay away for me. And because of how wide the line is, I'm assuming you'll get a fair chunk of change to bet the Chris Curtis KO. So I feel like that would just be a $5 sprinkle and be on my way with that one. It's just, once again, like I see variabilities. I see a path to victory for everyone. And I tend to not get burned by people that are like minus 125 and 130s. But I tend to get burned on parlays by guys that are like minus 400, which is where this line will probably be come Saturday night. Like like Bellator shit. Yeah, fucking Bellator. And so many, and the Contender Series. So many fucking times on the Contender Series. Jailton Almeida. We were on that one, but Jailton Almeida. All right, so if we're looking at the numbers um, on the next fight, uh, I'm quite interested. I am pretty much was all in on the man immediately. Um, the numbers speak volumes. We know where this fight's going to go. Jimmy Crute all day is going to shoot as many takedowns as possible in, that, in this fight. Um, you know, Jamal Hill does have some you know, striking power. It's there. I get it, but in this case, when you have someone who shoots that many takedowns, like if you shoot over, if you land over four takedowns in a fight, I'm probably going to go with, you know? And when you have Hill, who only has a 57% takedown defense, I'm, I'm all day. Hammer, 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 parlay, hammer, parlay. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. So mm-hmm. Jimmy Crute, um, I can't really see. I know that Hill lands 7.5 based on, you know, Five fights that so both of good good sample size, um, but yeah, man, I, I just I see him getting dominated and taken out of the ground on this. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I don't not like Jamal Hill. I faded him every single chance I get, which once again I haven't had too many opportunities. But I faded him in his last fight against Paul Craig. Um, notably about that fight, I do feel bad for some people because I just bet Paul Craig uh, Paul Craig straight where they ruled that one a TKO and not a submission. So if you're going to bet Paul Craig, you're going to bet the submission. I feel like the TKO prop was probably through the roof and nobody capitalized on it. So I do feel bad for some people in that sense. But to the point, um, yeah, he doesn't have great takedown defense. And Jimmy Crute's a fucking savage. He's got good striking. He's got good leg kicks. We saw in the Anthony Smith fight, his leg was the one that got chopped up. But he was throwing them back just the same, like, the dude's a savage. Um, I think he goes pretty far in this division. And I think he'll be able to take Jamal Hill down with ease. Like, Jamal Hill got a fair bit of hype, if I recall correctly, because he had a couple good KO wins. But I always found his striking to look kind of sloppy. And I just never really, like, yeah, he beat Open St. Pro, which everybody has at this point. You know, he doesn't really have that many good wins prior to that. Like, 
So I fade Jamal Hill every single chance I get. I can't really say I'm fading him in the spot because he's an underdog. But I see a world like Jimmy Cruz going to take him down, probably sub him in the first round. It should be a pretty easy ride for Cruz. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I was saying, it's he lands seven and a half strikes per minute based on, you know, a good sample size. But that quality doesn't always tell you unless you're actually watching the tape and seeing that some of those shots are sloppy and rolling off the, the shoulder and, and whatever else. So, uh, yeah, I'm with the wrestling, and, and I'll always be with the wrestling, and especially with the takedown defense like that. I mean, if you lose on this spot, then you lose in the spot. That's it. Like, you didn't you didn't bet wrong. Yeah. All right, so Crute will definitely be a piece likely with Morano, um, and maybe Menafield. We may make him that spot too. Um, next, we got Clay Guida against Leonardo Santos. I, I'm scared to usually fade Clay Guida, and I didn't in the last fight. I regret it because um, yeah, he did lose to Madsen, Mr. Jab, yeah. jab, 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 jab. That's all it was. Yeah. Um, but I just don't, I, I think Clay loses this fight. Um, there's, you know, the striking's pretty well equal. There are about two and a half, to a little over two and a half strikes landed and absorbed. Um, you know, the reach is definitely there for Santos. He's got a five inch reach advantage. We know that uh, Clay Guida has the gas tank. We know Santos could run into some issues potentially, but I just think that uh, Santos is going to skate here in this fight. I thought Clay Guida looked good against Mark Madsen, to be honest. So for a guy that's in his 40s, he's still looking good. Where with Leonardo Santos, you know, I believe he's a little bit of a younger fighter. And then once again, I feel like I've said this a lot tonight, but he's one of these fighters that doesn't always show up. He's coming off that loss to Grant Dawson. But that was in the third round with like a, a second left. And I actually recall him looking good in that fight. I have to go back and watch it again. Um, he looked really good against Stevie Ray. He looked good against Roman Batagova. He has that win over Kevin Lee, but he hasn't been the most active fighter. Like, if you look at between 2015, he has one, two, three, about six fights. It's not a hell of a lot considering the time span there. For me, I bet this, if I was going to bet this fight at all, I bet this fight goes the distance. I don't really think you're going to see a finish in this fight. I really like to think that Clay Guida is going to win, but I feel like at some point, Father Time's got to catch up with him, so... For a straight pick, I'm going to go with uh, Leonardo Santos, but it's not a confident spot I have at all on this one. All right. So although I was, I'm, uh, you know, I'm my pick, I think, is Leonardo on this one. I'm going to go with Leonardo Santos on this. I think the, you know, the bet fight goes a distance, probably the, the best play, but really it's probably going to be a stay away from me. Um, but yeah, all right. Next fight we have on the card. This one's going to be fun. Um, Brad Riddell against... Rafael Vizayev. So Rafael Vizayev um, coming off his loss to Bobby Green. I mean, his win to where he beat Bobby Green. He beat Bobby Green, did he? Beat Bobby Green? He did beat Bobby, no. uh, Bobby no, I don't Green. Think, I, don't, I don't think he did actually beat Bobby Green, did he? No. I, don't, I, 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 I think I watched that fight. I, I Not don't on think, my scorecards, at least. Well, that, that's the unfortunate thing that Bobby Green is realized. Well, I guess he did realize in his last fight that you can't roll with your like you know like if you're rolling with those shots and it's beautiful to watch but unless the judges see a different angle they're, they're missing the shot they, they or they see you know you're rolling off a punch and you're slipping a punch and you're actually they're counting it as a point so he loses those decisions on a regular basis he's got to start finishing people and he needs to continue that train but uh bobby green i digress you guys kills me Anyways, back to the guy that lost to, I mean, the guy that beat him in his last fight, Rafael Fizayev. I shouldn't really fade the guy. He's a good guy. He seems like a good like guy in his interviews. And, um, you know, a fun fighter to watch. But he has a little bit of a gas tank issue. I think it might play a role near the end of the second and uh, beginning of the third round. We have, you know, Riddell, who's going to obviously go to takedowns at some points. I think that that, you know, if he, if he takes that approach right away, that would that'd be what I would do in the first round. I would, you know, mess around with the striking for a minute to get him confident in the fact that we're standing and I'd be taking him up against the cage. Riddell takes his up against the cage and grinds on him um, because you want to get that gas tank out early. He does have power in his strikes, but I I'm all Riddell on this fight. Vizayev, he, he takes more than he throws. He does throw 5.34, but he's absorbing 5.76. In that situation uh, against someone like, like, like Brad Riddell who's going to not only land, then close distance, Drop you on your ass. I mean, I, I just I see Riddell winning this fight. Do I see him putting him away? Not necessarily because 
because I, I I get that he has 100% takedown defense, but I think he's going to get taken down in this fight. I think uh, that stat's going away after this. So zero on that is gone after this fight. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm with Brian Riddell uh, all day on this. I personally thought Bobby Green edged that second round there, and he definitely won the third round. And if there was a fourth round, he was finishing Kazeev. And the thing with Bobby Green is he didn't put out a lot of output in the first round and a half. And you saw how gassed Kazeev got. And it's not like Kazeev had a crazy high output either. Like, he was throwing bombs, throwing good kicks, you know. But I didn't really understand why he got so tired. Like, it's not like it was a super high-paced fight. It was a good fight. It's pretty muscular. Yeah, well, that's it, right? So, and you look at that, and Brad Riddell is going to pressure him, and he's going to utilize his wrestling, going to utilize the striking, and he's going to make this a fast-paced fight. And if Fazeev was gassing in a fight where he wasn't being pushed, it's hard for me to understand how well he's going to do against a guy like Brad Riddell who's really going to make him work. 100%. So, like if Riddell, think- even, if Riddell even rinsed for Pete's once in that first round, if he can get on those hips or get on those legs and he, and he can even get him up against the cage and down to a knee and lay on him for a minute and, and rest on him and then he gets back up again and it's not a full takedown, it's fine. And then, then he takes him, like, it weighs on him twice. He does one rinse repeat or two rinse repeats in the first round. I think we see a different fight in the second. Yeah, and that's it. And like, that type of stuff is going to wear on him over time. And it's not like Pazib is coming out and knocking people out left and right. Like, he's kind of a decision fighter, you know? Mark DeCase, he was this uh, decision. Alex White was decision. Bobby Green was decision. And he beat Ricardo uh, Renato Moicano. But once again, that was a really good punch. And Moicano's chin has kind of been clipped in the past. So for me, I think it's Brad Riddell all, uh, all day. I think the line wider. I'm almost confident enough, and I wasn't initially, but I sort of am after like watching tape and seeing how I could see this play out. I'm almost even confident in parlaying it. That it's that crazy because I, I don't see um, Fizia f- finishing the fight, and I see Riddell, if he has three rounds to get his job done, he's going to. Yeah, and so this is one we actually do have props on. And to be honest, if the decision prop is – yeah, so Brad Riddell uh, KO is plus 400. On my books right now, Brad Riddell uh, is a plus 100, so you are getting plus money on it. And it's plus 200 for the decision. I don't honestly hate the decision prop on Brad Riddell. Like, I mm-hmm. don't think he does enough to get Fiziev out of there. I think there's a world where he does. But I definitely see this fight going out three rounds. And I think it'll be Brad Riddell getting his hand raised at the end of it. And if he does get him out of there, for any of you that have the books that will give you like a sprinkle at the you know, first minute of the third round, those kind of things, I think that's where it happens if it does happen. I think it's uh, a little bit of a gas, beat up man, sitting on the stool, comes out, Riddell goes in for the kill. If, it, if there is a world where that happens, I think that's where it happens. I don't think it's going to be a last minute thing. I think it's right at the beginning of that first round, if not even almost at the end of the second. But um, yeah, I know I'm fading. Maybe I'm fading him too much because of my hate for Bobby Green losing because I don't like how he plays against the judges, but um, it's a fade on the fade. But regardless, I'm still going with Brad Riddell. I, I think that he, he's going to skate in this fight. And I, I do like the decision prop. I think that is the, the most likely outcome. But I do also like that late, late sprinkle. Couldn't agree more. All right. So next fight in the card, we have the main event. And we have a nice angle on this. I, I like the angle on it because there is – it's not foolproof. But if there's a loss in it, you'll probably be okay with it. So right now, I don't know where the numbers are at. But the quicker we get this out, the better for people. Um, we have Rob Font against uh, against Jose Aldo. With this fight, we have a little bit of recency bias combined with a little bit of. I know that Jose Aldo has a, like he's old in the sense of fights. I get it. I, he maybe he doesn't throw a lot of kicks now because his legs are a little bit beat up. Um, but if we look at it, I, I'm leaning towards the vet in this situation. There's recency bias to Font because his numbers have jacked up a little bit in his last fight. I mean, Cody Garbron, I love him. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch and now how he gets in there, but his last couple fights, he's gotten tagged up. And he got tagged up in that fight too. And that that boosts the numbers, right? Um, That being said though, Aldo, like looking at all those numbers, people say that he's sort of slow paced and he doesn't 
throw enough. If you actually watch a lot of his numbers, he actually plays to the pace of his opponent in a lot of his fights. And his last fight, I mean, he was over 100 strikes landed. He looked different in his last fight. Maybe he went for a takedown in his last fight. He, he looked like he was trying new, you know, new facets of his game. And I think he's almost forced to, because I think there is something up with him throwing kicks. I think it has a long-term, it's been a long-term pain and effect on his legs because he just doesn't throw them. In. If he were to throw them, this we wouldn't even really be talking about a dog, right? My dog of the day is, is Jose Aldo. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on it um, as far as the pick, but we found sort of a sneaky angle to maybe get some odds. I don't know if the odds are still there. Um, if we can play it out, but we'll, uh, we'll go over that at the end. Um, I just, I think that although it'll seem like Font is is winning the battle initially, I think that Aldo's going to outclass him um, and figure out his way. It's going to take him a little bit of time, but I think he's going to figure out his way in this fight. Um, what's the props right now? Actually, go through your, your picks and how you see this fight playing out. Um, and then I'll go through some, some of the numbers, and then you can go through, we'll go through the props that we're going to pick. Yeah, so like for me, I'm with you, I'm on Aldo on this one. Um, I don't see how Rob, well, it's, the thing is, like, I see how Rob Font wins this fight, but it's just based on the fact that Aldo tends to fade a little bit in the later rounds. But that being said, you know, Aldo's looked phenomenal in his last couple of fights. It's been a while since we've really seen him completely outclassed. So it's hard for me to bet against him at this point. If you look at, like, Rob Font, the way he looked against uh, Cody Garbrandt, Cody Garbrandt, I'm actually happy he's finally going down to 125. Like, the guys always kind of look small for bantamweight. One of these guys that would benefit from a middle-class weight division for sure. And he just looked a lot smaller in there. And honestly, Rob Font, as much as he outclassed him, he didn't look great in that fight. You know? The Pedro Munoz fight, Aldo looked great. And the Marlon Vera fight, we just saw what Marlon Vera was able to do to Frank Jaeger, you know? He looked great in that fight, you know? And even in the Peter Young fight, like, he looked good in the first couple of rounds. I think... Aldo can easily steal three uh, three rounds in this. And I think the only way Font really wins this is by Aldo being gassed. But I don't see him KOing him. It's not like he's really been KO'd that much in his career. I said he had that one ground and pound loss in the fifth round of Peter Yan. And we just saw what Peter Yan can do whenever it comes to people like Corey Sanhagen, who are cardio machines. And where I'm like, like in with your breakdown exactly to a T, I think that's exactly where it could play out, will it, where it will play out. And then if we look at the one number that will give us our variance as to how we're going to play it exactly, I mean, it's the strikes landed, right? So it's the 5.58 from Rob Font that we don't necessarily, we think that Rob Font will likely, if he does win, will be rounds three, four, or five by Aldo fading and catching him um, or Aldo winning by decision. Now there is a small percentage that Rob Font, you know, does have that high volume and all the way to the end wins the decision as well too. So the angle, I think, the best way to play this is to capture both guys. Fight goes the distance. What's the fight goes the distance right now? Minus one fifty. So fight goes the distance minus one fifty. Hammer it. Rob Font either inside the distance as a hedge, with a sprinkle. It's either Rob Font inside the distance, or you do sprinkles if you want to go. You know, three or four, five. However way you want to do it, that, that's going to be on your instinct and the way you want to play it. Rob late. Fight goes the distance. And if Aldo knocks him out and you don't win, you give a fuck, right? Go like you can go ahead and hedge all over the place. I don't suggest that. That's not smart. I would be okay. You know, Aldo wins, and that would be a remarkable story for a guy who's been around for so long. I'm a huge fan, and mm -hmm. I'll take that one. I'll take that L, um, and I'll walk away with it. I'm not going to parlay him up huge. Um, he's a dog, and let's zone in on this fight. I think it's a a, a piece or a, you know it's a spot that we can really take advantage of. Yeah, and honestly, even the over uh, 3.5 is minus 188, which you're not getting much less value and you're getting the extra uh, two and a half rounds, you know? So actually, like, I like that spot a lot because once again, like, if this fight's going to end, I'm assuming it's probably going to end by font in the later rounds if, if Aldo gasses or vice versa. But I don't see a finish coming early. Like, they're both fairly technical strikers and they both – have shown in the past that they have great chins. So minus 188 for the over 3.5 is a beautiful number in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a, I like, I'm glad we found an angle on that. I think it's a smart play. Um, at least covers you mostly. I mean, you can hedge all over yourself, but you'll never make any money that way. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you just gotta, 
leave a little bit out there and sweat the shit out of it. But uh, I think that's that's a play that we're going to roll with and, and we'll post on Twitter as well too. Um, let's go back and just quickly put our parlay together. Potentially maybe even look at a time prop parlay and you know isolate any dogs. For the parlay, I think we'll do Murano, Menafield. We'll go Crute and Riddell. And then the dog, your first dog was, you were on Jeremiah Wells against Jake Matthews. So that's your first dog, dog. And then your next dog and my dog would be Jose Aldo, but we're going to present that in a way that uh, it's fight goes the distance. So although we're going to pick Jose Aldo, it's fight goes the distance. So I guess we can honestly say that um, Wells is our official dog of the day, technically, because although we're picking Aldo as, as a win, we're, we're being sneaky about it. So. We have the one specific play where we're going to isolate one fight, which is very rare that we isolate the main event, um, which I am sort of excited about. So we isolate the main event. We got our parlay locked in. We got a dog locked in. Any stayaways? Where's the one where you're like, people are sort of chatting about and into that you think everybody should just stay away? Is it the Curtis fight? No, it's the Asmat fight because, as I said, you're going to pay a lot of money for a guy that's going to be severely undersized in this fight. Um, as I said, like, I still think he rolls in this fight, but, like, at a minus 225 and a line that's probably going to continue to blow up as the week progresses, I think it's just kind of a stay away. There's just too many variables involved in it. Okay. For sure. Sounds good. Um, we have quite a, f- quite a bit of fights coming up. We have LFA. Um, that'll at least be put on Twitter. Um, a couple picks for LFA because there's some distinct spots. Um, once those lines drop, I will post that or send that to you right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Bellator, we have coming up as well, too. We are going to do our best to get a uh, friend of the podcast in during fight week, uh, getting in um, Josh Hill. If we can get him in to, you know, break down his prep for his fight. And then, you know, just I want to hear his opinion on the main event and just go over the fight card, just talk about it. He can't really make picks on it exactly, but have fun with that. If not, uh, we will definitely get him post-fight. I think he rides in that and he's undervalued right now. There's a lot of recency bias in that one. Um, something that, you know, you guys can look at tape on, but he's undervalued right now. I'm not just saying it because it's, it's him. It, he got beat by someone who was very matched um, with him in his last fight. He breaks his arm in the first round, uh, loses the fight, and now he's undervalued. Something for you guys to look at as a piece. Um, but with that, I digress. Anything else you wanted to uh, shed light on? I'm, in. I'm good in this one. I think we covered all bases. Sounds good. Well, as always, we try to find spots, and I think we did. Um, try to keep you happy and keep those pockets working. And if you follow me on anything right now, you, your pockets are good. Um, and, you know, if, if you're annoyed by me. What we've got here is failure to communicate.